0: Good morning and welcome, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is the breakfast show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and
1: mine Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Lyle. How's morning, it going? Morning. Going great. Yeah, you're looking spiffy. Did you have a haircut? I did. Yeah, down Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. There you go. Do you know when I have a haircut, nobody notices. And when you have a little tiny trim, everyone notices. Because
0: my hair gets all messy and shaggy and yours <laughs> always looks nice anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, right?
1: No, it's because my hair is so long. My hair goes all the way down my back. And um, and it's, it's, once it's past your shoulders, people are like, oh, it's just long hair. So it doesn't matter like how long the long hair is. If it's you just long. six, six just inches
0: off and nobody would I can would notice. cut
1: a foot off my hair and no one would notice.
0: Literally. <laughs> but have
1: someone with short hair who doesn't. I think,
0: I, I, think I could took an inch off
1: yeah well that's exactly it. If you know if someone with short hair takes up a small amount of hair because the hair is all up around their face and not down their back it, you can immediately tell because people aren't looking at my back they're looking at my face when they speak to me so yeah anyway
0: <laughs> I love having short hair yeah <laughs> I get out of hair in bed in the morning I look in the mirror my hair is done
1: well something tells me you've never tried long hair so how would you know how to compare
0: I will have to show you a photo.
1: (laughs) Oh, do you know what? I have to confess something. You know how yesterday I said I was going to upload a picture of myself bold? I chickened out. (laughs) <laughs> but I will upload a picture of me bold if you let a picture of you with long hair. We'll right. upload them side by side, right. okay? You're on. Okay. <laughs> yes, now I feel braver.
0: Uh, anyway, you're we have the mullet. <laughs> or the semi mullet. Anyway. Oh,
1: love it. Anyway, we have a great show coming up for you today. Why are we
0: talking about this? Um,
1: uh, because we're crazy. Um, <laughs> this we're is, looking, a this anyway.
0: is a delayed broadcast anyway.
1: delayed broadcast. Of course we tell you this every We did morning. not talk
0: about this on our live show.
1: We didn't. We're gonna have to this tell is an, This is an extra morning. special piece for yes, all you
0: delayed <laughs> delayed
1: listening. <laughs> We're going to have to mention it tomorrow on the live show intro. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a delayed broadcast. And as we <clears throat> remind you every morning, you can jump across the live show. It's super easy. All you have to do is uh, go to our website, faithfm.com.au. You must have remembered that by now. I've said it so many times. Uh, go to the live stream at the top of the page and press play. <clears throat> or you can download the TuneIn app
0: as simple as that and of course make sure you get the free version of the tuning app we need to do a video tutorial Mon on how to get the free version that's
1: a really good idea Lyle and we can stick it on like our Facebook because a lot of people
0: get confused like how to get the free simply don't
1: Buy yes, anything, push yes. the X, push the X. And get the free- And then search for Faith Them Australia and then add us to your favourite. No, don't
0: add us, make us the only one.
1: Yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah,
0: we yeah. like exclusivity.
1: <laughs> oh, well, you sound corrupt. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of corruption, we do have an interesting Bible study. We talk about communism Ooh, and uh, yeah, we have a great yes. interview with David Stojic on the topic of forgiveness, very important, very good for our health. And, uh, of course, we have some great good news coming up about books.
0: We do indeed. And, yeah. and we're also going to be talking about uh, religious persecution in yes,
1: Pakistan. Yes, yes. Stay tuned. Great show coming up for you today.
2: Come, I found uh, every blessing to my heart to Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of life wandering heart to leave, <laughs> prone to war.
0: That was Jaden Levick with Come Thou Found of Every Blessing Here on Faith FM mm. And Vaughn is going to kick our day off with a, what is it, a Who Am I?
1: It's a Who Am I, cl- I quiz And do you know what, we've had like a week of hard quizzes And I'm going to keep it that way <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cool, bring
1: Kick our on. brains up a nacho And uh, this is on, it's going to be no different who am I, the first clue is, oh gosh, why did I pick this quiz? I can't pronounce these names. Okay. <laughs> who am I? Zeruiah, David's sister, is my mother, and Abishai and As- Asahael are my brothers. Yeah. Oh, done. Lyle, got it. How did you <laughs> know that? So this is, this is David's nephew, essentially. Yes. Yeah, so who is David's nephew? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Famous guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a... Not um, that
1: famous, though. He's not nearly as famous as, like, David or Solomon yeah, but He's or more Moses. famous
0: than uh, Abishai and... Um, oh,
1: yeah, he's more famous than his I've never heard of Zeruiah and Abishai and Asahi. I mean, I probably have Asiel. just forgotten
0: them. Asahel used to run very fast. He was a fast runner.
1: Wasn't there another guy who ran really fast? Oh, there, was a there, guy was, was, there
0: was a couple of couple of guys, but this guy was... Um, yeah, he was kind of legendary from being a fast runner.
1: Was he the one who, like, delivered a message and then got chopped up? He ran like okay. He ran long distance, not so much fast, but long distance.
0: Um, I think you're getting a couple of different stories confused.
1: There's a story about a guy who like delivers a message. I think he delivered it to David, and he ran for like ages, and he came and he told David, and David like is like, "Well, that's not that great news," and killed him. Um, Was the guy who delivered the news about Saul about Saul being yes? Yeah, he got.
0: Yeah, he Chopped. died. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's not that guy, just by
0: the way. No, not that guy. <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> Somebody else. Somebody else. Okay. Yeah, so this guy, this guy that we're talking about here, was not a fast runner, but his brother was a fast runner.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A fleet. As foot as a doe, I think it says in the KJV. Something like that. How about that? Yeah.
1: Look that up, guys. Look it up in the Bible, and uh, you will surely find that guy's brother. And then you can give us a call. 1 800 Faith FM is our number. It's 1 800 324 843. And uh, and we will send the price. Lyle, I have some stellar good news this morning. Cool. Bring it on. Something that you and I have done in the past several times that are not huge fans of moving house. And it's so expensive, is it not? It's, it's
0: horrid. I hate moving yeah. house. I've yeah. it with a passion. It's just, ugh.
1: I never realized how expensive it was to move house until I moved up here for Faith FM. Mm-hmm. So I moved from Melbourne to Newcastle and uh, – and- Boy, oh boy, I was so astounded at how much it cost. I, just a few months before I left uh, my workplace, my manager and her husband had retired from the same workplace where I was working down in Melbourne and they had moved house. They moved house a little bit further north of, of, of Newcastle, but it cost them $6,000 um, just in like having the people, the trucks come and pick up their stuff and you know, cart it up here and put it in storage until they were ready with their new house. I just couldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Just to move house. It costs that much money.
0: Yeah, it's phenomenal. Like, it's like, you don't want to do this. Yeah.
1: Like some, I, I was like, do you know what? Most of the time, I can't afford to move house. <laughs> like, that's expensive. I mean, the Lord the Lord blessed me in that I uh, I managed to move house, I think, for like less than 50 bucks because I, 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 um, I did a relocation.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I oh, got... A van.
1: Yeah, that's right. So often hire companies uh, when they have um, people hire their car let's say some tourists they hire a car or a van they drive it from Sydney to Melbourne on holiday and then they leave it in Melbourne they fly away from Melbourne instead of flying you know taking it back to Sydney and then the company needs to get their vehicle back to the depot in Sydney and so they have uh, something called relocation uh, deals um, and there's often like third party companies that organise all the relocation deals into one website and you can go there and and, uh, and put up your hand and say yep yeah, I'll take that one and, uh, and then they Sometimes they pay you to do it, but often it's like a dollar a day or five dollars a day. And it's very cheap, but you're on a time limit. So, you, to, you only have like two or three so days. to get in, to
0: get your stuff packed, get yeah, out of there.
1: Exactly. It's not a sightseeing tour. Like, you know, you're on a mission mm-hmm. and uh, and they'll give you like, sometimes they'll give you fuel allowance and then obviously you have a mileage limit. So, if you do want to take a detour, um, you, you know, if it's outside of your, your mileage allowance, you end up having to pay a little bit extra. So it's, And sometimes they'll like say, oh, you can take an extra day for like 50 bucks or something. So, it's it's lots of different, um, different companies have different rules and they all come together on these conglomerate websites. Someone that I use was called iMover, just in case anyone's interested anyway so i did that and i I did two of those trips melbourne to newcastle and that was how i managed to move house up here so cheaply and i'm very grateful to god for doing that because i prayed really hard because i was like I six thousand dollars to move my stuff (laughs) anyway it's pretty full on i know right so (laughs) good news is coming out of england where there's a business it was a small independent bookshop in england right and um they just they weren't they were having a hard time. It's, it's called uh, October Books of Southampton, and they were struggling to afford uh, the rising rent prices um, of the building that they have occupied since 1977. That's the year my parents got married, mm-hmm. also the year Elvis died, 1977. So the owners created a crowdfunding page um, for $400,000 in the hopes that uh, they could maybe raise the funds and buy an old bank building just down the block, down the street. And uh, thankfully, hundreds of devoted customers and regular visitors, um, they offered donations um, and, uh, and loans and they helped to meet this crowdfunding goal. Isn't that incredible? It's like almost half a million dollars that they raised for this beloved bookshop. And so they managed to get, they managed to buy the, the building and they thought they were just, you know, they thought that solved the problem, thought they were sitting pretty. And then they realized they had another financial issue. How are they going to move all these books to the new location without having to pay for expensive moving services?
0: That's pretty uh,
1: crazy. It's a big bookstore. You can imagine all the inventory. That's way more stuff than any normal person would have in their house, right? To have a shop to be moved. I'd buy a truck. Yeah, and then selling. It a lot. Well, guess how they solved this. This is so cool. So, they put out a call again and this time they called for people and they formed a human conveyor belt- in between their old store
3: and the <laughs> new location,
1: <laughs> which was about half a kilometer down the street. And then literally, like they expected maybe a few dozen people to show up, but over 200 people turned up, young and old. They lined the footpath and they passed every single book, book by book, down the street. They That's moved
0: insane. an entire
1: bookshop. i got a picture. They moved an entire bookshop. Book by book by book down the street to the only bookshop. Isn't that just so cool? I wonder how. I wonder
0: whether, wonder whether any books went missing in the process. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, maybe i stopped to have a read. <laughs> this one looks interesting. <laughs> that would be really
0: distracting for me. I, <laughs> I love books.
1: Know, it would have taken me hours. I would have been like reading the back covers, reading the front, first page, last page, middle page.
0: <laughs> I went through my bookshelf yesterday. Had a bit of a chuck out, and uh, it was really hard because I pulled. I'm oh, like, oh, I forgot. I had this book. Oh, this one looks interesting. Uh-huh, that's right. And it's like. Oh, and it's, it it becomes a time consuming process.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Cleaning out books is the worst. I read a book um just in the last six months. Uh, called The Art of Cleaning Up. It's a Japanese book uh, about this lady, Marie Kondo, who's um, created a whole method for decluttering uh, all your stuff. And uh, and she says to do books and papers last because people get so distracted and it takes them so long that if you do everything else first, because she does it sectional. She's like, you know, do your clothes and your kitchen and your laundry, that kind of thing. She says by the time you've got to your books and done everything else, you're sort of like in a rhythm. And mm-hmm. so you've sort of had a b- bit of practice. But if you start with your books you won't get far. There you go. Yeah. So these pedestrians... Um, uh, sorry, pedestrians went past. They often would ask, you know, what are you, what are you guys doing? And when they explained what was happening, pedestrians would jump in yeah, 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 and help as well. <laughs> That'd be cool. And they're not, How I mean, long did it take them? Uh, it doesn't say... I think it, they got done in the day. Got done in a day. Yeah. In a day. Um, I mean, with that many people helping, you know, many hands makes uh, um, light work. But the other cool thing is... Um, It just built such a sense of community on this city block, and you know, obviously, all the other businesses could see what was happening, and so you know, obviously, it was taking a bit of time, and so all the restaurants on the street started bringing out hot drinks for the volunteers, because you know, standing there for hours, you're going to need a bit of refreshment. So Uh they bring out like you know, tea, coffee, water, juice, and this kind of thing, and just everyone got involved with helping this small business move house. I just think that's the best story
0: ever. It's an amazing story. I love that story. I, I would have so. Joined that. I'll, I'll be uh, like, yeah, yep, same. yep, I'll stop here.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I reckon they would have sold quite a bit as well because I, <clears throat> I reckon people would, you know, see a book come past and be like, Oh, that looks good. I'm going to buy that later.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is true. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a
3: very good How to valid make people point. look
1: at every single piece it's of stuff that you have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I place had, it in
3: their
0: hands.
1: I would have had my phone out and then, like, as books are going past, we'll take a picture of that. comes the number come one later.
0: principle of selling books, you know, is to place the book in, in, the, the, cust- in the potential right. customer's hand. That's right. It has to be in their hand and then they get ownership of it. You know, sitting on the Shelf, they'll look at it. But if they, if you're talking to them and you actually pull it off the shelf and place it in their hand, mm-hmm. there's like you know a huge chunk of the sale right there. It is.
1: This is coming from an experienced literature evangelist who's done door to door bookwork. But yes, absolutely <laughs>
0: true. <laughs> book sales, yeah. All kinds of techniques we had of um, <laughs> getting people to hold a book.
1: Well, I'm going to put up these pictures because it's really cool photography. There's like, you know, pitch this huge long human chain, people passing books down the street. I want to put them up on our social media this morning and uh, and you can check out that story and, and have a little, a little gander at, at these wonderful people passing books <laughs> all the way down the street. Anyway, Lyle, that was such a great story. I would love to hear <clears throat> some stories about you. know, something that's happened in your community that really brought your community together that made you think, do you know what? Maybe the world isn't such a bad place everywhere. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. I've walked among the
2: shadows you wipe my tears away and I felt the pain of heartbreak and I've seen the brighter days and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place and I have held your blessings God you give and take away no matter what
0: listening to Torin Wells, Hills and Valleys here on Faith FM and we have another clue for our quiz. Yes. Oh, and by the way, indeed. somebody texted in to thank us for the extra clue that we gave away. No, they Because they said that it could have been uh, David's niece, but apparently we gave away the gender.
1: Did David have a niece? One would assume so. Oh, so we're assuming.
0: We, we would assume that he had lots of nieces.
1: But we don't know their names, do we?
0: Problem. Not that it immediately comes to mind if we do.
1: Exactly. I didn't give away anything extra.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right.
1: Because the answer is not David's niece or David's nephew. It's an actual name. That's right. Who am I? Who am I? <clears throat> Clue number two. Psalms 60 verse one tells how I struck down 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt.
0: Okay. That's a really specific location in the that's, Bible. That's, that's, um, that's, a, <laughs> that's a, the answer, basically. That's a warrior. Yeah, just go you're look that up. You're looking for a warrior. He was a nephew of David.
1: 12,000. Yeah, man. Can you imagine like just, oh yeah, mm. I'll take on 12,000. <laughs> had a little bit of help. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. had a little bit of help. But still, 12,000. Yep. Wow. Yeah, some help. Okay, okay.
0: Give ah, us a call
1: if you know the answer. 1-800-FaithFM, 800
0: Okay, so if you're listening to the news this morning, you would have heard that Asiya Masi has just been, and I've probably got the pronunciation wrong, um, released from her uh, prison sentence. Uh, she was sentenced to death by hanging in Pakistan, um, and she is a, uh, an, a or an illiterate Punjabi farm worker. She's been in prison since 2010, um, and the Supreme Court has finally overruled her sentence Um, She was sentenced to hanging for the crime of blasphemy. Okay. Now, this was a very interesting case. Um, A Christian woman living in Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan only has 2% of the population are Christians. The blasphemy laws are, 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 you know, interesting laws because of the way they are often um, open to mishandling. Yeah. uh... Here's Here's the challenge that they have in Pakistan with the blasphemy law. If you have a feud with your relatives or if you're, with your town or with the family across the other side of the street, if you've got a Hatfields and McCoys kind of thing happening, you can accuse somebody of blasphemy and have them hauled into court. The problem is, how do you actually uh, substantiate the accusation of blasphemy? Because you can't stand up in court and say what that person said. Yeah. Because by repeating those words, you commit blasphemy yourself.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: And so you, you can say, this person's committed blasphemy and the court's going to say, well, what did they say? And it's like, well, I can't say that.
1: But, but either which way, he said, she said, is like the worst thing to try and prove.
0: Particularly in a, when you've got a, a, a situation here where this, um, this Christian couple were the only, the only Christians in their community and their whole community hated them with a passion mm-hmm. and was trying to get them ejected from the community already. And what happened was that um, this lady was at the well um, she was getting a drink from the well. She used the communal cup that was at the well. You know, it's a, a rural yep. mm-hmm. um, farming community, and this is kind of how it works. And of course, were, she was then accused. You can't use that cup because um, Muslims can't drink from a cup that you know a, a, a Christian has drunk from, and now you've defiled it, and mm. now nobody else can use it. You know, it's just sort of petty, you know, Weird. neighborhood strife yeah, stuff. This is not. Yeah. This is not the Quran. This is not the teaching of Islam. This uh-huh. is. This is just um, superstitious as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. just pettiness, which then turned into a um, you know a, a discussion between them about religion, um, in which you know she probably made a uh, uh, you know an unfortunate statement um, where she said you know Jesus Christ died for me and died for the sins of the whole world, and what has Muhammad done for you?
1: That's considered blasphemy?
0: Well, that's what she stated in court that she said. Okay. What the community claims that she said has never been stated in court because obviously yeah. they can't use uh-huh. those, those uh-huh. words. And she was jailed for a year without charge, um, following which she was charged and then um, found guilty and condemned to death by hanging. Far out. Um, her local imam said that he cried uh, tears of joy. Over the sentencing, when he heard the sentencing. That's
1: disgusting.
0: Um, yeah, it is really disgusting. It's, it's an interesting situation because you, you, you find, you know, all of this um, these uh, things that are taking place um, that, you know, <coughs> are – you know, this is re- religious persecution. This is what you get when you get a union of church and state. Mm-hmm. And Pakistan doesn't have a union of church and state in the same way that, say, Iran or Saudi Arabia does, but it's still there yeah. and it's still a dangerous thing. Um, church and state should always remain separate and they should never be, you know, connected together in you know, in areas of worship. Uh, but, yeah, the blasphemy laws have become one of the most common ways of settling scores in Pakistan. So it's a, it's kind of a really... Uh, dodgy law so she was locked up in solitary confinement where she had to cook her own food her um, jail cell for the last eight years has been 2.4 by 3 meters cell Um, she's had to cook her own food because they've been worried that she'll be killed by poisoning Um, and she's been in solitary for her safety because um, there's a uh, well the equivalent of a half a million dollar reward on her head for anyone who can kill her while she is in prison
1: How is that not against the law?
0: Yeah, well, it is against the law, but, you know, it's like how do you actually track that all down and prosecute it uh, until something actually, you know, takes place, I guess. Now, what's been interesting is that the governor um, defended her, the local governor of uh, of Lahore uh, defended her and defended her vigorously, Mm -hmm. used to visit her on regular occasions in jail, and so he was assassinated.
1: Are you
4: serious
0: the uh, the Minister for minority affairs um, you know minority affairs obviously Christians are a minority. He defended her as well and uh, he was ambushed and shot to death and the governor 's son was then kidnapped and uh, held in captivity for about five months before being released and so this is this is pretty, some pretty serious stuff that has been taking place over the la- last eight years, and now of course. You know, she has been acquitted of all charges. She's been found innocent. But it's like, well, how do you let her out of jail without her being killed? Yeah. And so she won't be out, you know, any time in the next three weeks because they've got to try and figure out a way of getting her out of there um, without somebody taking her life.
1: I think this is this is a time when other countries going to step up and say, do you know what, we'll grant you... Um um, refugee status
0: Yeah well Spain Italy and France Have done so
1: Oh good Good on them And Hats the only off. thing I'm
0: disappointed in Is that Australia didn't
1: Oh come on Australia Or the
0: United States Or somewhere like You know Yeah uh, But yeah good on them Absolutely um, I'm so glad that they did That this is um, But they need to get her Out of the country To that country uh, And then even still find You know she's going to have to uh, Go into witness protection And mm-hmm, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff Once she arrives In whatever country And her country family needs to come too yeah, oh, yeah of yeah. course Of course did yeah, you say she's
1: been in prison for eight years? I thought you said a year.
0: Eight years. Far
1: out. Yeah, that poor woman. Yeah, that's disgraceful that people should treat each other like that just because of religious differences.
0: Yeah, the governor described the law as being discriminatory, discriminatory, and abusive. Now, of course, this is a an Islamic person. You know, he's a, mm. he's a devout Muslim, um, and that it was used to intimidate, coerce, harass, and persecute. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's a um they 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 recently did a um a survey and um around about 5% of the population stated that they if they had the opportunity they would um they would kill her themselves with their own hands.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. She's become like a like a symbol.
0: Yeah, and this is why it was big news all over the news right now. Um, yeah, there's been books written about her. There's, um, you know, this <laughs> she's the most well-known illiterate Punjabi uh, farm worker in the world mm-hmm. uh, right now. And uh, will continue to be so over, as this plays out over the next few weeks. Really now, there's the flip it. side to this coin. Mm-hmm. You know, because you've got 5% of the population who are up in arms. They've currently uh, blocked all the streets of all the major cities in Pakistan and they are sa- claiming, you know, that the radical Islam is claiming that those streets will remain blocked until she's dead.
1: That's just crazy.
0: But this is a small minority and this is what we need to remember. This is a small minority because the judge who actually freed her and several judges have resigned from the case, just resigned from being judges just to get away from the case because they just uh-huh. don't want to touch it. It's just too hot. Um, Cowards. Actually quoted from the Quran. and uh, But
1: how can a 5% minority have the power to shut down every single major street in Pakistan?
0: Yeah, if 5% of the population in Australia got up in arms, you would be amazed how much havoc 5% yeah. can create. It's that's, a, that's a You know, it's a remark. But he quoted the Quran, tolerance is the basic principle of Islam. <laughs> Um, and he said islam condemns injustice and oppression and so this guy you know sakib al we need to uh, we need to really you know support this guy because he's a muslim he's quoting the quran you know most of these muslims are all up in arms i bet they've never read the quran and realized this is what it actually teaches mm. you know i've read most of the quran myself and it's like these guys don't have a leg to stand on um, they're just getting, you know, wound up over culture more than they are over what their actu- what their uh, what their religion teaches. When when the governor was was um, assassinated, thousands of people turned up for his funeral. You know, and you had, uh, you know, there was five hundred clerics across the country that banned anyone from going, but they just like, no, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to support this, and so you know, the vast majority of Pakistani people are celebrating that this event has taken place, and you've got this vocal small minority that is holding the country to ransom.
1: That's disgusting. And do you know what? To be honest, I'm sure that reflects the same life of a lot of Christians. Leave they don't read the Bible. And they mess
0: it up. And they mess it up. And I got to tell you that evangelical Christians sometimes scare me just as much as mm-hmm. uh, you know, radical evangelical Christians. Radical, um, radical minority, unread anything. <laughs> radical unread people. Yeah. this is what yeah. it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It really, really does.
1: It's and it's, We have to remember it's our duty to actually read uh, what we what we're claiming to uh, exemplify in our lives.
0: Okay, so the the lesson for you today is to go and read the Bible, mm-hmm. um, learn about Jesus Christ, and. Follow his life, follow his pattern. You will never go wrong doing that.
1: Read whatever it is you claim to believe. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whatever religion absolutely, because subscribing you
0: there is so to. You, there is so much there that promotes peace and harmony in all of these major religious texts.
1: Well, I hope they get a helicopter and they airlift her straight from the jail straight to Paris, her and her family, and that she doesn't even have to set foot on that lousy country ever again.
0: Well, it's not a lousy country. Pakistan's a great country. It's just got... Uh, a lousy 5%. A, a, lousy, a lousy minority. <laughs> That's right.
4: You say that you've had enough. You think that you'll never trust Well, I can see that your heart's been broken
0: back everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 and we have David Stojic joining us, a regular contributor to the show. Now David last week you spoke about uh, things that undermine our marriage. you spoke about the Gostman Gottman, I'll get that pronunciation <laughs> correctly, the Gottman Institute uh, research and what they call the Four Horsemen of the apocalypse. criticism, blaming, contempt and stonewalling um, that if not addressed will destroy our marriage. Now, our topic for today is forgiveness. I'm very excited that you're talking about this, such an important subject. Uh, The lack of forgiveness, you know, that's really going to um, undermine any marriage and any other human relationship, but will also undermine our own mental and physical health.
5: Indeed, indeed. Counselors have known for some time that those who refuse to forgive tend to struggle with relationships. But that's not all. According to uh, Dr. Herbert Benson, internally renowned, uh, internationally, actually, is a, a renowned cardiologist, uh, <clears throat> there is something called the uh, physiology of forgiveness. Uh, being unable to forgive other people's faults, or actually even being able to forgive ourselves, is harmful to, to our health. Okay, that's
0: interesting and it makes a lot of sense really. Just, you know, thinking about some injustice that happened to us, you know, it can trigger anger and stress and elevated blood pressure, anxiety, you know, depression, tightness in the chest, knots in the stomach. I think we've all experienced these kind of things on occasions. Um, and, you know, even for me just sort of talking about it here and, and you, know, you think of certain events in your life and, yeah, you get that automatic that automatic physical response. So hanging onto those feelings um, is no doubt going to cause problems to our health. And so that makes it really important. Some people might be a bit confused about what forgiveness is. Yeah, um, You hear a lot of people say, forgive and forget. And, you know, I wish it was just <laughs> that easy.
5: <laughs> That's right. According to online dictionary, forgiveness is the process of giving up our right to retaliate toward an offender and ceasing to feel resentment against that offender. So people usually don't forget Usually, don't forget. <laughs> people can say forgive and forget, mm-hmm. but people usually don't forget the real or perceived injustice. But those who forgive uh, do not associate their memory any longer with anger, resentment, and bad feelings in general. So we can we can uh, remember it, but it doesn't bring bring about those feelings. Um, Catherine ponder. Uh, considered by some uh, as one of the America's foremost inspirational authors of the 20th century said uh, and I will quote her here she says when you hold resentment toward other you are bound to that person or condition by an emotional link that is stronger than steel forgiveness is the only way to dissolve that link and get free. Wow, that's quite, uh, a, end of the quote, quite, a, quite a
0: powerful statement right there. an <laughs> right. emotional link that is stronger than steel. That's right.
5: And, wow. Uh,
0: <laughs> you do not want to be tied to somebody that has done something bad with that kind of a connection. That's right. You want uh, to break
5: free from that. 100%. That's why, you know, like uh, uh, she's mentioning that, that those bonds, when we do not forgive, are so strong to the person in whose company we don't like to be anyway mm. you know so but this is interesting someone else said And I really, really like uh, what this person said. It's kind of an anonymous person. Could have been you, Lyle. (laughs) It (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) Unfortunately, I've never said anything particularly profound. Oh, I'm sure you have. But but it says here, uh, this anonymous quote about forgiveness says, You know you have forgiven someone when he or she has harmless passage through your mind. Mm-hmm. How do you like that?
0: I like that a lot. <laughs> that's 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 really really quite profound and powerful. That's right. Hey, talking about anonymous um, quotes, um, do we know who it was that said that um, refusing to forgive someone is allowing them to live rent
5: free in your mind? I know the quote, but I can't rem- uh, I can't remember who that is. Uh, that's that's that's. I might have even used that quote before. I've used that quote <laughs> plenty of times,
0: and you know, when I first heard it, it had a really powerful impact on me. I'm like, "That's profound." That's right. And so there's some of that. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, if you're the person who uh, who came up with that one in the first place, then um, <laughs> give us a call. Let us know. Let us know the history behind it for sure. That's right.
5: That's right. <laughs>
0: Ah. Okay, so some people, when it comes to marriage and other human relationships, say that they have forgiven. And yet when you know, the same person offends them again, they tend to bring up all the faults of the past. I don't know about you, David, but <laughs> anecdotally, I find that my wife has a much longer memory than I do. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I think we all do. Uh, so, so that's true. Uh, people claim to have forgiven. But they add it to the account yeah, <laughs> when, there, when there is real offense. And and in the recent times, uh, this topic of forgiveness has been studied. And I, by the way, I should go back and say that's not a negative thing that I was just saying right there. It's
0: just that oh, yeah, I get into these conversations like I don't remember that, <laughs> and I don't remember. Where, how do you remember these things?
5: <laughs> oh, I have a very short-term memory. Uh, I, I'm glad that, that that your wife, if she listens to this program, you know, will will just hear this. You yeah, yeah, that's right. In the second part. <laughs> <Not the person. laughs> no, you got yourself out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, just, I was just sort
0: of thinking, that actually, that actually thought sounded really bad. But my wife is an amazing person, just for
5: the record. <laughs> oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that. <laughs> and so is mine. Uh, so, in the recent times, uh, this topic of forgiveness, Lyle, has been studied by a lot of people. And possibly by no one more than a psychologist and a professor at Virginia Commonwealth University in USA, uh, Dr. Everett Worthington. Uh, he has authored or co-authored more than 20 books on the topic of forgiveness and is considered as the foremost expert in the research on for- on forgiveness. And I had the privilege of attending um, his seminar in Sydney just uh, just a couple of years ago. And this is what he says about the attitude of those who truly forgive Uh, and so i would like to to quote that uh, again uh, fully so i quote here dr everett worthington the, the expert we could say on on forgiveness he says this forgiveness is not an occasional act it's a permanent attitude It means you become less motivated to retaliate against someone who offended you. So I quote here Dr. Everett uh, Worthington, Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. It means you become less motivated to retaliate against someone who offended you and more motivated by feelings of goodwill, despite the offender's hurtful actions. It doesn't mean forgetting or pardoning an offence. The end of the quote.
0: That's very powerful. That reminds me about how Jesus spoke about forgiveness. Um, you know, he, he actually talked about forgiveness a lot. And on you know one occasion, he was asked by one of his key disciples, Peter, you know, how many times we should we forgive somebody who offends against us? You know, do you, do you just keep forgiving them forever? And you know, the Jews at that time, of course, considered that. Um, three was a fair number yeah. you know if somebody offended against you three you know three strikes are out that's right <laughs> um, and so peter thought well you know he'd been hanging around with Jesus he knew the character of jesus and he's like I'll be a bit generous here and and add a few more so let's let's double it just to be generous add one that brings you up to seven that's kind of like a perfect number right there um, and uh, he must have been rather surprised by what jesus said I'm just going to read this is from matthew chapter 18 21 and 22 the bible says then peter came to him that's jesus and said, "Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times mm. <laughs> he's gone all out. <laughs> let's, let's 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 do it seven times." Jesus said to him, "I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. So that's four hundred and ninety. Now I don't know about you, David, but I don't keep you would that have kind lost of, your track. Yeah, I don't, there, keep, I don't keep those those kind of accounts. So some people think that you know this is just foolishness." Um, as they don't understand the one who forgives is the one who benefits the most and and Jesus really really brings this out very powerfully here, doesn't well, he
5: well said uh, again uh, it's consistent with what uh, again well of course Jesus is the primary source of that wonderful teaching and truth about forgiveness but the, dr Everett Worthington you know he he said it should be an attitude of forgiveness and and uh, so it's very important to understand that forgiveness is uh, what it is and what it isn't, and um, uh, yeah. so, so maybe we can we can talk a little bit about. Yeah, that.
0: let's pick that up again and and really go through that in detail after this short break. So um, yeah, we'll listen to this song and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back everybody Um, We're here with David Storjic once again Talking about the subject of forgiveness And the benefit that it is Not just to the person who forgives But even more so Who is forgiven I should say But even more so to the person who actually forgives Even more so yes Yeah 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 And uh, we were talking about You know Jesus teaching on forgiveness Um, and so we're going to talk about, you know, what forgiveness isn't.
5: Okay. Well, it's really, really good to understand what it is and what it isn't, Mm. because there's a lot of confusion about it. So, let's, let's basically look at what forgiveness isn't. Okay, And this, this basically has been also, uh, in Dr. Wojtyn's literature, it's also in, in, in Dr. Dick Tibbetts' literature uh, that, that clarifies what, what actually forgiveness isn't. Uh, forgiveness isn't condoning bad behavior. Uh, it's not about minimizing or justifying, uh, justifying or excusing the injury or wrong. That's, that's not what forgiveness is. Uh, It isn't um, about denying the other person's responsibility or absolving a criminal uh, of his or her crime. That's not forgiveness. Justice and the consequences of 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 of, of yeah. some act need to take takes take its place. No, we don't
0: want to, um, you know, forgiveness. Just because we forgive somebody doesn't mean that they don't go to jail if they've done something wrong.
5: That's right. Uh, it does exactly. So so forgiveness is not waiving right to justice or compensation. Mm. You, know, you you've done say for instance you. You, you've done damage to, to, to me or to my property, God forbid. You know? <laughs> and, and I say, okay, well, that's okay, I forgive you. But it doesn't mean that you are absorbed from basically... Compensation. Compensation. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, it, it, forgiveness is not about inflict, inflicting vengeance or seeking revenge. Uh, it's not about eye for an eye because God says, uh, vengeance is mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, God says, I'll make sure, I have the big picture, and I'll, I'll, I'll do the, 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 the justice here. Forgiveness is not about choosing to stay in an abusive relationship of an, or environment. If somebody is being constantly abused, uh, forgiving uh, doesn't mean that you have to stay and be abused forever and ever. It may mean that you may need to remove ourselves, but you can still forgive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and there is another author who wrote on this topic of forgiveness. Uh, C.R. Strawn uh, very s- succinctly explains what forgiveness is and what it isn't. He says forgiveness has nothing to do with absolving a crime of his a criminal of his crime. It has everything to do with relieving oneself of the burden of being a victim, letting go of the pain, transforming oneself from victim to survivor. What do they think of that? Yeah, I really,
0: we have uh, we're going we're going to call this um, this particular show the um, the breakfast show full of profound statements. That's right. This is truly a profound statement. Yes, it's moving from the mentality. It's ceasing to be a victim and it's becoming a survivor. That's and right. so you need to ask yourself right now if you're a listener today and somebody has done you a tremendous wrong. Yeah, are you a victim or are you a survivor?
5: That's right.
0: And if you are still a victim. Yeah. then forgiveness is something that will move you from being a victim to being a survivor and bring about a tremendous amount of uh, mental health benefits yeah. to you.
5: And, and 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 some people consider, unfortunately, that, that forgiveness is something that only weak people extend. Mm. But actually, it's interesting, again, calling this morning a, a morning of profound statements, but Mahatma Gandhi said. Oh, yes. <laughs> he said... The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attri- attribute of the strong. A eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. <laughs> so so isn't that wonderful that actually... He was an interesting
0: guy, Mahatma Gandhi. That's he had some, right. some fascinating stuff that, um, that he had to say. That's right. So how do we make this transition from victim to survivor? How do we actually forgive?
5: Well... Uh, I, I really like uh, I I have a, I have a, a person that I really appreciate uh, I appreciate many people but one of them is is uh, Dr Arlene Taylor. Uh, Dr Arlene Taylor says that the change of any kind starts with the right mindset. Uh, if we say to ourselves in our mind, "I will never forgive someone," we will probably never forgive. <laughs> if that's our mindset, but if we reframe it and say Uh, To forgive person X or person Y is very hard, but with God's help, I can do it. Uh, We will most likely in time be able to forgive. Uh, And and, and I say to everyone, when they face great injustice, when they face great pain, think of the greatest example of forgiveness, Jesus Christ, who from the cross Mm. prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do.
0: And I find that in my own personal experience, forgiveness rolls a weight, a massive weight off your shoulders. It does. And when you you know you experience it for the first time, you experience the power of it. Of you know forgiving somebody, it's a tremendous It's a tremendous. It's a tremendous experience, and it may be hard to get there. Once you get there, it's just going to be you know mind blowing, and then it becomes easier after that because you've got that positive experience to look forward to you've got that you can look back and okay last time I forgave somebody and it felt like this yeah <sighs> now I'm free that's right how much and, does it and, and it's like okay I want to be free again I want to have that experience again it becomes so much every time you forgive becomes easier
5: that's right and, and Lyle you're, you're a man of faith you have God in your life mm, mm. how much does it help you when you read Christ praying from the cross Father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing
0: in all of the profound statements that we've yeah. spoken of this morning—is there anything more profound than that? No, it's nothing you know, this more is a, this is a man that's being yeah. executed. He's being crucified. Yeah. Um, he's being tortured to death,
5: and he's saying that. That's right. There's nothing greater.
0: Now, are the levels of forgiveness? Are are the levels of forgiveness? Uh, sorry. Are there, I'll, I'll, I'll say this right, now. are there levels of forgiveness or is it an, an all or nothing kind of thing? <laughs>
5: uh, I, I before spoke about, about uh, you know, cognitive distortions. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And sometimes all or nothing can be a cognitive distortion, but it's an interesting question, hmm. especially when we put it against the teaching of Jesus on the topic of forgiveness. In his parable of the unforgiving sev- servant, recorded for us in matthew's gospel he relates a story of a servant who was forgiven an enormous debt a debt that would uh, that he could not possibly repay in his entire life he he pled forgiveness of debt it was granted him Uh, then he turned around and pressed his debtor to pay him the last cent of his debt immediately, uh, and his debtor could not pay, and he threw threw him into prison. Uh, the master who forgave his merciless servant was not pleased with the behavior of unforgiving displayed uh, unforgiveness displayed uh, by the one he forgave, so he threw him into prison. And so Jesus makes a very interesting point here, and uh, this is what he says in Matthew's Gospel, eighteen thirty five. So, my Heavenly Father also will do to you, to to you each, uh, uh, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So, there is definitely expectation from God that we actually should forgive from our heart, <laughs> so 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 they're obviously levels, mm, yeah, absolutely. So, how do we then forgive from our heart? So, there is intellectual, you know, at the, at the level of reason forgiveness, and there's forgiveness from our heart, which is the emotional part. So, so talking about emotional forgiveness, uh, the decisions. Uh, this, the decisional one or the intellectual one seems to do more with our thoughts, uh, uh, will and decisions, but, you know, forgiving from our heart uh, or emotional forgiveness I- involves replacement of negative and forgiving thoughts and feelings with those that are positive. Uh, it, wo- it, it involves um, a psychophysiological uh, f- change to the, to the brain and immune system. It may be more difficult to do it, but it has greater direct health and well-being consequence uh, for for giving from our heart. Uh, I believe it's also supernatural, really.
0: Okay, so this whole journey of our mind, you know, our thoughts to the heart and of emotions and what happens. You know, this is such a big subject. We're going to have to come back and talk more <laughs> about this at some
5: time, you know. And we can talk about actually Dr. Worthington, uh, a REACH uh, concept. He's talking about actually the acronym REACH, uh, where he's talking about how we actually travel down this emotional forgiveness journey. Mm-hmm. And I think probably it would be good to talk about that. When we have to unpack it. Yeah, unpack it step by step. That's right.
0: Yeah, this will be a very valuable thing for us to get into. But um, unfortunately, we have run out of time for this morning, David. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. um, It's fantastic to be here always. Yeah, and it's one of the most, I think this is one of the most profound subjects that we've discussed all year. And and, um, yeah, we look forward to you coming back and talking more about it. But uh, right now, we do need to move on with this morning's show. And we'll be right back after this song and, of course, the eight o'clock news.